This is a Bartificer production. Hey folks, welcome to episode 117 of the Let's Talk Photography podcast. I'm your host Bart Bouchat and this is the show for June 2023. is another solo show this month because I need to start by giving you some practical information on some changes that are happening to the way I'm podcasting and then inspiration came my way this month uh, in the form of a topic that I think works best as a solo topic so that's how it shall be. Before we move on to today's real show I just want to let those of you who listen to this show, but not Let's Talk Apple, know that as of the 1st of June, which is now in the past, as I record this, um, this podcast is now being done by, officially, corporate me instead of uncorporate me. So the podcast is now a Bartificer Creations Limited production. Um, The reason for that is basically I have been advised by people who are much cleverer than I that it is very silly for me to podcast as a sole trader as I was before because if anything goes wrong, I am personally liable and could literally lose the house if I'm silly enough. It's unlikely. It's not impossible. You know, I've been known to do dumb things. Uh, So by incorporating as a limited liability company, uh, I get to isolate, you know, things I care about from my own silliness, really, potentially. So Bartificer Creations Limited is an Irish company. Uh, It has a one owner, me. It is not a publicly traded company or anything like that. So there's no fiduciary duty to make money. Basically, the show doesn't change. It remains entirely listener-supported. It remains with the intention of approximately breaking even, as opposed to becoming some sort of profit center. And the content, particularly for this photography show, where my rule is basically anything goes as long as it's about the art and craft of photography, that pretty much stays the same too. Sometimes it'll be me on my own, sometimes it'll be with a guest. It used to be panels quite often. It might be someday in the future, although I've I don't know, as I've gotten older, I've become less interested in having more voices um, say less things each than having fewer voices say more things each. But hey, you know, you live and you learn. And I'm not saying we won't have panel discussions in the future. But anyway, the, the big point is that although everything has changed, nothing has changed, really. Now, one of the effects of all of this faffing about is that I am taking this opportunity uh of changing my approach to Patreon. Um, so I used to be, I used to charge patrons per episode published, which meant that it was two episodes a month. So if you pledged $1, it was actually $2. And it was all a bit confusing. And the simple fact is that I actually do more creative work than just these two podcasts. I do a lot of contributions to Alison Sheridan's podcast. I do a lot of contributions to open source coding. Uh, myself and Alison do programming by self and Taming the Terminals. There's actually quite a few people who would like to contribute 
to my costs who are not supporters of either of these two podcasts. And at the moment, it's a bit weird saying, you know, how, how do people who are not interested in the podcast help out? So basically, I'm switching to a monthly model where you pledge a monthly amount and that will be it. As simple as that. And that monthly amount can be in respect of whatever you think you want to support. So if you think, actually, I really enjoy XK Past WD, well, then say it's an XK Past WD contribution. If you feel like the podcasts rock, go for the podcast. If you feel that myself and Allison's work together is amazing, well, then that's what you're supporting. That's the basic idea. Now, for reasons, actually, no. For reasons entirely of Patreon's own making, they have decided that their long-time users and customers are less important than new people, and that they're obviously so loyal that they won't run away. So at the moment, there is no mechanism for those of us who have been with Patreon for years and have been totally loyal to transition from month from per creation to monthly. So I have made my displeasure known. I have been told that within the next vague number of months that will change. I was even advised at one stage by their advisors to just close my account and start over, make all of you guys vanish. Well, you know, everyone who supports the show. It's like, that's not a solution. Anyway, I've decided I'm going to bodge the solution. So starting from this month, I'm not going to be posting to Patreon for every podcast episode. I'm going to make one Patreon post charged to members at the end of the month where I'm going to link everything I created this month. And then that will be one charge show. So at the moment, basically, I'm going to end up on half my revenue until people update their pledges. So maybe you actually don't want to pledge as much as you do. So maybe just leave it. If, you know, if you think you're paying too much, leave it as is. If you know, you basically, if you have a different opinion, if you'd like to continue to give what you do, please double your pledge. If you'd like to adjust your pledge in any way, now's a perfect opportunity. I'm changing my stuff, so why don't you change your stuff? And if you don't support the show at all on Patreon at the moment, um, have you thought about it? You know? Now, I don't want to put undue pressure on people because I entire the reason that I want this podcast to break even is because I remember entirely what it was like where we just didn't have spare money. So... I don't want to put anyone under any pressure to support the show in any way. Like, just telling people about the show is supporting the show and, you know, it doesn't cost anything. Anyway, I'm starting to ramble a little. The point being, from this month on, I'm going to be simulating being on a monthly plan by posting exactly one post a month. And whenever Patreon deign to let their loyal customers have the benefits they give their new customers, I will officially switch properly. Right, with all of that said and done, how's about we talk about some photography? So, what is the topic for this month? Well, it sort of... I was a little bit stuck for a topic, actually, until most conveniently, a few days ago, a very good college friend of mine popped by for a visit, and we ended up having a very deep, fun, nerdy uh, conversation about photography and videography. and. After the conversation, uh, I was out on my bike getting some exercise, and I realized that actually there was a topic in that conversation. So I've named the episode, It's Trade-Offs All the Way Down. Because what I noticed 
while I was talking is that every time the question was, which is better? Or is it better too? Or should I do X or Y? My answers always started with, well, it depends. Followed by a whole bunch of questions right back. And none of those trade-offs that made it depend had anything to do with cost because cost hadn't, we hadn't even arrived at the point in the conversation where cost would come into it, right? Cost comes into it not when you're deciding whether you want, an, you know, a zoom lens or a telef- or, or a macro lens or whatever. The cost comes into it when you've decided that you want a zoom lens and then the question becomes, is it zoom lens A or zoom lens B? Right? Until that point, cost doesn't really enter into it. Anyway, cost just didn't enter into our conversation. And yet it was trade-off, 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 trade-off. Now, I know very well that at some point the rubber meets the road and you go to enter your credit card number into something and cost very, very, very much enters into the conversation and you have to make cost trade-offs. Like There are some people on this planet, not many, who for whom money is literally no object and they literally don't care and they will just buy whatever is best. But even for those lucky, sainted few, it's still trade-offs all the way down. Uh, so what I guess I'd like to argue is that cost-related trade-offs are inevitable for most of us. But they're actually tier two trade-offs. And it's too early to start thinking about those trade-offs until we've made the tier one trade-offs first. So the tier one trade-offs are basically the art and craft of photography trade-offs. And that's what I want to focus on. Um, Now. When I was setting up this show, I made a really big deal about the fact that this is a show about the art and craft of photography. And I said I was going to completely, utterly and totally issue gear talk. Uh, There were two reasons for that. The first reason is there's plenty of gear talk on the Internet. There's no need for me to add any more. I just wouldn't be contributing anything useful. And that was something I, I decided very much when I you know, branched out into my own podcast. I wanted my shows to have a unique selling point. So for Let's Talk Apple, there were lots of really good daily, you know, daily content, even quite a bit of good weekly content. But no one, and I think to this day, no one other than me fills this niche, takes the 20,000 foot view once a month and sort of zooms out. And I think that adds something of value to the community. Therefore. Let's Talk Apple became a thing. And I knew I wanted a podcast on photography, but I really felt there were way too many shows about whether to get the turnaround lens versus the Sigma lens or whatever. And I decided that the internet didn't need any more of those. And so I was going to have a show dedicated entirely to the art and craft of photography. And I have not changed that. I've changed almost everything else about this show, but I haven't changed that. So... If we're looking at these tier one trade-offs, how do we even start thinking about them? Well, the argument I'm going to make is that we need to take the advice of friend of the show, Alison Sheridan. Right? One of the reasons that her Nocillacast podcast is, in my opinion, one of the best tech podcasts out there is because she has a golden rule that rules all reviews by all reviewers. 
if you submit a review to Alison's show, you can't just say, I found this cool thing. You have to be very explicit in your review. What is the problem to be solved? And then having set that frame, you then review the widgety thing. I mean, what's it? And I have done many reviews for Alison over the years. And it really makes reviews better when they have that framing. And it it makes the whole show better, frankly, to have that training, that, that uh, you know, that rule. Uh, and I think the only way you can really make trade-offs is to understand what it is you're trying to achieve. Because otherwise, every question is purely academic. Like, there is no best anything in photography. There's only the best way to achieve a specific thing. And so what it is you're trying to do, where it is you're trying to arrive, that determines the right answer for you in your situation for all of the trade-offs that are just everywhere. And I really do mean that the trade-offs are everywhere. So this is by no means an exhaustive list, but I sat down to sort of collect my thoughts and write up some vague show notes, which you know, will be over at less-talk.ie. But as I sort of came up with it this morning in half an hour of thinking about it, the following tra- trade-offs at least exist, and they're just at every step of the photographic process. So the first trade-off you're making is what do you choose to shoot with? Right? Most of us at this stage have more than one device for taking a photographic image. Do I just grab my phone? Do I grab a big DSLR? Do I grab something in between? Right? These are trade-offs, and you're, you're trading off very often portability versus capability. If I bring, as Alison would say, her big girl camera, well, it can do more but it's bulky and clunky and it will get in the way. So is that actually better? It's also may not be as quick to grab a shot because you've got to go pull it out of your bag and change the lenses and faffing about. So portability versus capability. You know, the iPhone is way quicker and easier to use and way easier to carry, but it really can't do as much as a, you know, proper big DSLR. In terms of what resolution do you, you know, what resolution of sensor do you want in your camera? Well, you know, if you have lots and lots of pixels, they're probably going to be small. So they're actually not going to be that good of pixels, which you have lots of them. So therefore, you can get a very high resolution image as long as there's enough light. Or you could have fewer pixels and each pixel is bigger and receives more light and therefore is going to work much better in low light uh, situations and stuff. But now if you want to blow that up to a giant big poster, you can't because you don't have enough pixels. Sure, each pixel is really good and it worked great in low light. Only the thing is you brought it out in the middle of the day, so it doesn't matter that it has low light and you were going out with the intention of shooting a poster. Oopsie, right? Trade-offs, 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 trade-offs. Like, you know, your camera that you choose to bring with you, you have a flexibility versus another flexibility versus portability problem in terms of expandability. The iPhone is unless you you know you can get some lens clippy things and they're kind of cool and fun 
that's a minimal level of expandability and you have to remember to bring that with you. But if you bring your DSLR, you have lots of expandability, right? You can swap out the lenses, you can clip on you know, things on the hot shoe, lots of things you can change. But you're back into the portability issue, right? So yeah, you have way more flexibility. You can pop on the big zoom lens or you can pop on a macro lens, pop on a wide angle lens, lots of things you can do, but you've got to carry it all about. So your portability goes way down, but you have way more flexibility. You know, just... You know, sensor size is another one, right? So resolution is actually different to sensor size because your resol- your sensor size has a gigantic big side effect because your sensor size is what is one of the factors, a very important factor in determining depth of field. So the reason our iPhones simulate depth of field in software because they have tiny sensors. and a tidy sensor makes it really hard to get depth, shallow depth of field optically. The converse of that is a full frame sensor. And the reason that full frame sensors so power, you know, work so well for shooting fancy pants magazine covers is because that big sensor size makes shallow depth of field almost natural to the camera. So you don't have to go out of your way with uber wide lenses and, you know, whacking the aperture wide open and then ending up with more light than you know what to do with. None of that carry on. With a full frame sensor, a shallow depth of field is kind of the norm and you go out of your way to stop it down to make it not be too shallow. Or if you go to, you know, a large format camera of some sort, well then you get shallow depth of field in spades. Right. So sensor size is about more than resolution. Sensor size is actually largely about controlling your depth of field. So you can have a full frame 10 megapixel sensor, which means you have very nice shallow depth of field, really big pixels, which is great because it means that there are lots of photons per pixel. So the signal to noise goes right down. It's going to be good in low light. That's amazing. And it's completely unportable because it's a gigantic big thing. You know, a DSLR is big enough, but a full frame DSLR is even bigger. So trade off, trade off, trade off. And that's just what do I bring with me? Right? Where do you go? How we, you know, different places are easier or more difficult to get to, right? Some places you have to make an arrangement and you can only be there at the time you've arranged. You know, the, some places have all sorts of rules, no tripods, but you are allowed a big camera or maybe you're only allowed a phone camera. Maybe it's a really difficult place to get to. So you can't go on a whim. You actually have to plan months and months and months ahead. You know, it's only available if it hasn't been raining in a week or you'll sink up to your ankles in mud or all sorts of things, right? So where to shoot is, again, full of trade-offs. You know, when do you shoot? Well, I mean, you know, different times of the day give you different lighting conditions, but they those different times of the day will come with all sorts of different trade-offs. Like, well, do I really want to get up at three in the morning to get there for the golden hour? Or, you know, maybe I have other things I need to do okay looking at the weather forecast today i can either have the golden hour in the rain therefore it's not really golden or i can go in the really flat boring middle of the daylight but at least it'll not be raining i mean you know you're trading off things all the time there maybe the place is only open between nine you know nine in the morning and five in the evening and yeah sure the most amazing light would be at half six but you're not allowed it at half six Maybe you just can't get there before seven or whatever, right? There's all, you know, all sorts of trade-offs going on here. 
you know, okay, so you own lots of different cameras. You're going to a specific place. What do you bring with you today? Wait, bull. How come, you know, what capabilities I'm going to have at my disposal today? How much faffing about am I going to have to do before I can press the shutter? There's so much to think about. Finally, you've arrived. You found a place. You found a time. You you've picked the right. You you own the right gear. You've brought the right subset of it with you. You're finally in the field. You're ready to press the shutter. More trade-offs. What settings do you use? Well, I have an aperture dial. Okay. If I open the aperture up, I get more light. Or if I close it down, I get less light. But side effect of that is I'm mucking about with my depth of field. So. As I, you know, I want the depth of field to change, but maybe I want a really deep depth of field and it's getting into evening. Well, now, oh, sugar, I have very little light here. Now I'm struggling otherwise. Okay, fine. I'm going to have to compensate by making a different trade-off. Maybe I can make the trade-off of the exposure. Okay, well, if I expose for a longer amount of time, then I'm going to get more light. Great. But now anything that moves is going to start getting blurry. Oh, sugar, I want to take a photograph of this motorbike race in the low light ah okay what other trade-off can i make ah yes the iso okay well ideally speaking i'd like to have a nice low iso so we get very little noise but i've already decided i want my aperture wide open i want to or sorry i want my aperture stopped down i want my exposure short all righty then high iso lots of noise i don't like these trade-offs this is horrible i'm making yeah yeah i can't have everything nope can't have everything. How do I capture this photograph? Do I do RAW, JPEG, RAW plus JPEG? Well, if I go with RAW, I have way more options in post-processing. But I can't shoot as quick because there's more data to be written to the card every time the shutter flaps up and down. So I I can't do as long of a burst mode because the buffer will fill up. If I shoot RAW plus JPEG, I bet the best of every world only have... Ooh, time is now a real problem. Oh, storage space. You know, I'm away for the afternoon. I only have one card. Is it full already? Oh, sugar, right? It's trade-offs, trade-offs, trade-offs. Do I choose to add some artificial light? If I do, which of the 20 kabillion different ways of adding artificial light do I choose? I mean, I'm not even going to go into that one because you could pretty much write it. Not only could you... There have been entire books written on that little question, but it's full of trade-offs all the way down. You've finally decided what settings to use. You've finally decided whether or not to put some artificial light in it. You're almost ready to go. Ooh, right, time to compose your shot. Do we tightly frame the shot to our what we think is the composition we want? Or do we frame it a little bit more loosely to give ourselves a little bit more freedom. You know, maybe we, maybe the subject is moving quickly, so we're not going to be perfectly accurate, so we want to give ourselves some slack so that we don't end up with a terrible composition we can't fix. But we're printing a giant big poster, so every pixel I lose is a pixel I lose, and I don't want to lose any because I need them all, but if I frame it too tightly, I could end up with zero shots at, you know, Useless shot at a very high resolution that I could print on a poster no one would want to see. Ah, sugar, trade-off, trade-off, trade-off. Right, now I'm home. How do I process my image? Well, you know, there's lots of different techniques. Some of them would involve me spending an hour per image, but I shot 500 images. Okay, I guess I pick out my favorite one and I spend the time to process one or two. Or maybe I go with a simpler processing regime. Okay. Uh, well, maybe, you know, now, now I can't do as much. It's trade-off, 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 trade-off. Right. 
Worse still, every single slider that I touch in my favorite photo editing app has the effect I want and some other effects, which are, in a, you know, for a want of a better term, they are side effects. Because I only want, I want one thing, but when I move the slider, more than one thing changes. So the other things that change, they're all side effects. So you're constantly having to not quite settle for the ideal because it breaks up, you know, a bit like the carpet that's too big in the room. The best you can do is have a little bit of an overflow everywhere. So you're balancing, 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 trade-off, trade-off, trade-off. So from the what gear to buy, to where to shoot, to when to shoot, to what to bring with you on the day, to what settings to use, whether or not to throw some artificial light into the mix. How do you frame the shot? How do you process the shot? Trade off, trade off, trade off, trade off, trade off, trade off, trade off. It's that's what we do. So you know everyone always seems to ask me for my advice, particularly when they have money to spend. It's 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 one of those questions I think Everyone who is known to friends and family as someone who's into photography, we get asked all the time, what camera should I buy? I think the assumption is that my photographs look the way they do because of the camera I use. And thereby, if they buy the same camera as me or the camera I think is best, then magically their photos will be the same as mine. Uh, I've recently found, now that I've shoot exclusively an iPhone for the last two or three years, I find that really punctures people's bubbles, and it gives, I get a lot of very perplexed looks. Oh, I need to, I want to buy a new camera. I, I you know, I, I want nicer photographs, and your pictures are great. What do you shoot with my phone? Hmm? Anyway. <laughs> but before I say that ass all the time, well, okay. I have 500 euro. I want a camera. What do I buy? That isn't even nearly enough for me to begin to offer a suggestion, let alone a recommendation. So, how does the conversation always go? The conversation always develops into me playing a game of 20 questions. Because purchasing decisions are full of trade-offs. So how can I possibly make a recommendation of which trade-off you should make if I don't know what it is you're trying to achieve? So, if you... Ask me for advice on which camera to buy or which lens to buy or whatever. It's pretty darn certain I'm going to respond with some or all of these questions. And probably many more, because these are my first level questions. The answers to these questions will invoke more questions. And the answers to those questions might evoke even more questions. And at the end of the day, do you know something? I'm still not going to tell you what camera to buy, but I might narrow it down to a few. Anyway. My first question, though, was, are you trying to solve a specific pain point with what you have at the moment? Now, is there something you're trying to do now and it's not going the way you want? Are you in some way struggling or suffering with something very specific? That's, that's, I kind of like when the answer is yes. That's actually quite usually an easier one to help with. Are you trying to branch out into something new? Is it that you've been shooting landscapes and actually you'd really like to try out some portraiture? Okay, well, that's there's some stuff to be bought there. Uh, how are you intending to output this image, right? Are you looking to make a nice print to hang on your wall? Are you looking to post to social media? 
Are you looking to make a video to share on Facebook? Are you looking to make a 4K movie to be projected on a gigantic big screen? What is the output of your creative endeavours? Is there something about what's coming out of your camera at the moment that's making it difficult or impossible for you to get the final result you want when you're done shooting and processing? Like, is there something somewhere between shutter press and final product that means you can't achieve what you want to achieve, right? I want to get some beautiful photographs of a skyscape over a landscape but I just can't get the stars to be sharp and to have enough light on them or something, right? You could be having some sort of real problem that at the moment, what comes out of my camera and what my brain tells me I want, maybe it's even simpler. You know, I, I really like the look of these beautiful shallow depths of field. And with my gear at the moment, I can't get there. Or with my software stack at the moment, I can't get HDRs that don't look all fakey and ick. Well, you know, I might be able to help there with some advice. Again, you know, just like maybe there's something about the originals coming out of your camera that they don't have enough resolution to get what you want, or they don't have enough depth of field, or they don't have enough dynamic range, they don't have enough low light sensitivity. Something about the actual images that come out of your camera just makes it difficult or hard to get to what you want same problem can exist in software right you have a vision for how you want these photographs to look there's a particular look you want you can envision it you can picture it you can see in your mind's eye what this image should be and you just can't get there very frustrating very annoying but maybe there's something we can do to help with that or maybe you can get there but it takes you three hours a shot maybe there's some way we can help with that. And like I say, they're the kind of questions that get me thinking about the trade-offs. So there are no absolute answers. There is no best anything. There's only the best for me for now. And if someone else is looking for help from you, the worst thing you can do is give them an answer. The best thing you can do is bombard them with questions, illuminate, highlight, bring to their attention the trade-offs they must make, hold their proverbial hand through those trade-offs, and help walk them towards a good set of trade-offs to give them the best experience that they can afford at that point in time. And Reflect all that onto the first person a lot of the time too. Helping me get the best out of my photography to achieve what I want for now. Trade-offs all the way down. Embrace it. Have fun. Well, I'm not sure you can have fun, but anyway. Trade-offs, trade-offs, trade-offs. That was a lesson I learned this week in a fantastic conversation about photography with a very dear friend. Right, well, I'm going to draw a line under it for now. I'm just going to remind you all that there will be show notes at less-talk.ie. There will be big blue buttons to support the show. I thank everyone who ever has supported the show. I thank everyone who will support the show. I'll remind those of you on Patreon that I'm switching to monthly. Therefore, please consider tweaking your donation amount. There will be just one post a month. 
And more importantly than any of that, until next time, happy snapping. <laughs>